Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Start your for the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, have a good day, all right, buddy? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. It's 11.02. Yes, 11.02, not 10.02, here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always, and happy Spring Forward Day. Yes, if you... If your phone doesn't do it for you, you must set your clocks forward. If you're in your car, you might have to reset your uh, clock on your car. I had to do that this morning. But, yeah, with cell phones and everything nowadays, how many clocks do you need to reset? It's like the the microwave, the stove, and maybe your car, and that's about it. And and it doesn't really matter because you look at your phone the most. So So hopefully you know what time it is because we're on the air here on WGR Sports Radio 550. As uh, NASCAR on the station today, we've got today's race from Las Vegas coming up here on WGR. Coverage starting at 2.30. Green flag just after 3.30 this afternoon at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway for today's event. The Cobalt 400 at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And uh, our friends at the Performance Racing Network will have coverage of today's action. But we're on for the next hour talking to you about that, plus lots of other motorsports action. Here's what's on tap for today's program coming up. And about quarter after, we're going to talk to Bob Pockers from ESPN.com. Bob covers motorsports, most predominantly NASCAR. And uh, we'll get Bob's thoughts on the race today. And there's been all sorts of NASCAR news this week as well, too. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. Also, the IndyCar season opens today at St. Petersburg, Florida. And uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll talk to Tony, Tony DeZino from NBC Sports and get his thoughts on the IndyCar season as they get ready to drop the green flag on another year as uh, lots of news heading into their season as well. Uh, big manufacturer switch for one of the biggest teams in the sport. Some uh, driver changes, including a big one involving Team Penske, and a lot to talk about going into the 2017 campaign for the Verizon IndyCar Series, and that gets going at uh, about 12.30 today on, uh, I think it's ABC or ESPN, so uh, lots of racing uh, for you to check out today. I know today's a big college basketball day for some people, but there's a lot of racing on today, too, as you got the IndyCar race, and that should be wrapped up just in time for the Cup race to start just after 3.30 this afternoon. It's really a good doubleheader uh, once we get off the air here this morning, and uh, it's cold out anyway, so just uh, sit on your couch and uh, watch the IndyCar race and listen to the NASCAR race here on WGR. Speaking of which, phone lines are open for you at 803-0551, 888 Anything you want to talk about in the world of motorsports, the phone lines are open for you now. Also, 
We're on Twitter, at FastTrack550. You can send us a tweet. Also on Facebook, too, uh, facebook.com slash WGR FastTrack. Looking at the lineup for today's race for Las Vegas for the Cup Series. Third race of the year, of course, for the Monster Energy uh, NASCAR Cup Series. I said that right. I was almost going to say sprint in there somewhere, but I dodged that bullet. Brad Kozlowski picks up where he left off last week at Atlanta. He'll be on the pole, which, of course, he won last week at Atlanta, thanks in large part to a late-race pit road speeding penalty by Kevin Harvick, who dominated most of the race until a late caution, and that pit road penalty relegated him deep in the field, allowed Kozlowski to pick up the win last week to give uh, the folks from uh, Ford a uh, uh, two-for-two start to the season after Kurt Busch's win at the Daytona 500, so Ford on a two-race win streak to open the year. So BK on the pole. He'll be joined by Martin Truex Jr., who has been fast all weekend in his Toyota for Furniture Row Motorsports. Row 2, Ryan Blaney continues his solid start for uh, the Wood Brothers slash Penske. He'll start third today in the 21 car alongside Matt Kenseth. Row 3, Kyle Larson, who's been off to a phenomenal start. Kyle has been in contention now to win both races to start the season. He was in contention at the end of the Daytona 500, of course, until uh, the... Uh, until uh, Kurt Busch got by him late in the race, and Kyle ran it, I guess. And then last week at Atlanta, uh, Kyle was actually leading until Keselowski passed him late in the race. And uh, you know Larson, for some reason, did not protect the bottom line late in the race, which allowed Keselowski to make that pass for the win. So Larson is off to a great start, and uh, he is uh, going to see if he can finally hang on for a win today at Las Vegas, starting fifth alongside Joey Logano. Casey Kane starts seventh today alongside Eric Jones, the rookie, impressive qualifying performance. Uh, he will start eighth today. So both of the furniture row cars in the top eight. Kyle Busch, Jamie McGurray, round out your top ten starters. Daniel Suarez rolls off 11th, while he has struggled so far in his first two starts, a crash at Daytona and uh, not a great day last week in Atlanta either. I thought Suarez would be the one to get off to the better start compared to maybe Eric Jones, but he has struggled in his first two races. But uh, Suarez will start 11th today. Chase Elliott will join him in row two. Elliott has also had off to a great start, just like Larson. He's also been in contention for wins the first two weeks of the year, which is great to see, by the way. I, I was hoping this is going to be a year where, where some of that next generation, uh, not only are they in contention to win races, but all season long, you know, get right into the, the championship picture even, you know, with the, the departure of Carl Edwards and Tony Stewart, you know, for this year, hoping to see some of those guys, you know, really just give uh, the Jimmy Johnsons and um, Kevin Harvick's a run for their money this year in the point standing. So hopefully uh, these it's only two weeks, obviously, but hopefully uh, Larson and Elliott can continue this performance throughout the year. Uh, I think it'd be great for the sport for two of the younger drivers like that to have great years. Uh, other notable names in the starting lineup today: Clint Boyer rolls off 13th, Denny Hamlin 15th, Jimmy Johnson 16th, Kurt Busch 17th, Dale Jr. 18th, Kevin Harvick 19th. Look at all those big names right in the middle of the pack there, uh, right uh, in rows eight, nine, and ten. And then uh, scrolling down, in not too much else worth mentioning in the rest of the starting lineup. So a lot of the big names. Towards the front of the field, well, at least in the, the first 10 rows. So the first half of the field, you've got all your major major players in the first half of the field at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Another mile-and-a-half track, of course. Uh, you know, we saw last week Harvick dominate at Atlanta. But Vegas, a, a different, a different mile-and-a-half track basically because of the surface. You know, we a lot of talk last week about Atlanta, how old it is, how it chews up tires, how much the drivers love it. And this week at Atlanta or Vegas, not so much. It's uh, it's it's not brand new surface, 
So it's got a little bit of character in it, but not to the extent that the Atlanta Surface did last week. So tire wear won't be as big an issue. And actually, I was watching some of the, the practice coverage this weekend. I saw an interesting thing from Larry McReynolds. I guess Goodyear uh, rates the racing surfaces on a scale of 1 to 5, with 5 being you know perfectly smooth, pretty much brand new asphalt, versus 1, which is old and worn out asphalt. And Atlanta ranks a one on Goodyear scale, whereas Vegas ranks a three. So that just kind of gives you an indication um, as to where tire wear might be today. And uh, they have this really cool um, technology to kind of um, examine the surface and how and how it how it um, how worn out it is. And you could see uh, with this computer graphic they use that it was uh, quite distinct when comparing the racing surface at Atlanta versus Las Vegas. So a tire wear won't be as big an issue. Speed will be an issue, not be an issue either, as uh, they're running, uh, you know, close to you know 200 miles an hour all the way around. You know, top uh, pull speed for this weekend, 193 miles an hour. So uh, it'll be fast and uh, should be hopefully a good race, much better race than we got last week uh, at at Atlanta, as uh, kind of Harvick stunk up the show until that late late race pit road penalty uh, really spoiled things for him. But lots of other NASCAR news, much more worth talking about this week. They kind of breaking down today's race. Um, And some of it involves Las Vegas Motor Speedway, actually. Big news this week concerning the 2018 schedule, and we started hearing rumblings about this last week, is that Las Vegas is getting a second cup date for 2018. So if you are a a fan of going to Las Vegas, or if you've been to the Las Vegas Motor Speedway for NASCAR, is good news. You've got now two chances to go. Uh, Next year, they'll get their traditional early season race in March, and now they will get a race date in late September, which used to belong to the New Hampshire Motor Speedway, uh, a track that I'm sure some of you in Western New York have been to, considering its proximity uh, to our area, plus the fact that it is a a hotbed for modified racing. If you're a modified fan, I'm sure you've been out to the Magic Mile to see uh, modified racing at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway, so... Uh, of course, Speedway Motorsports, uh, Bruton Smith, they own both facilities, New Hampshire, they own Las Vegas, they own Atlanta, Sonoma, a couple others. Uh, they are fully within their rights to do this. So what they, so uh, Bruton finally, and, and this had been rumored for some time ever since he bought New Hampshire Motor Speedway, is they are taking the September Cup date at New Hampshire and moving it to Las Vegas. They also acquired uh, some Xfinity and truck races. Uh, one was from Kentucky and... The other one escapes me at the top of the moment. But basically, the oh, the actually was the uh, the standalone truck race in Vegas later this year. They've kind of shuffled those dates around. So now Vegas will not only have two cup races starting in 2018, but they will be triple header weekends, both events. Uh, of course, last weekend it was just, or, or excuse me, uh, this weekend for Vegas it was just Xfinity Cup. Next year it'll be Truck Xfinity Cup for both weekends in March and September. So that's, that's huge, too, for the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And uh, to have a tr- two triple header weekends uh, going forward, it, it just shows how much pro sports is attracted to Las Vegas. I mean, look, they've got an NHL franchise. They are potentially weeks away from maybe gaining an NFL franchise in, in the Raiders. That, last I saw was getting pretty close to maybe uh, getting some kind of vote or something to approve that move. And now they got two NASCAR weekends. Uh, in 2018, so pro sports uh, continues to to flock to Las Vegas for obvious reasons, and uh, now it'll be more NASCAR in Sin City as well. And we'll see, you know, obviously with the the talk, there's so much talk about declining ticket sales and and television ratings. So the ratings have been up the first two weeks of this season. Uh, you know, will a second weekend at Vegas will that 
uh, cannibalize any of the ticket sales for the March date for you know for this weekend next year? Will that hurt ticket sales? And will you know people just choose to go to the September race versus the March race? Uh, will people you know buy tickets for both weekends? Um, obviously, what they're banking on is of course is just to bring more people from out of the Las Vegas area to the uh, to, in September for that second weekend, and hopefully, it, and then hopefully the local community maybe either picks one or two or decides to go to both uh, race weekends. So obvi- so that'll be the biggest thing to watch, and we'll see what the attendance is for today's race. Uh, it's a gorgeous 80-degree day in Las Vegas, um, so that obviously weather nev- hardly ever an issue with Las Vegas, but uh, we'll see what today's attendance look like and see if, you know, going forward with, with uh, two choices now to go to Vegas um, next year, if uh, people respond by going to both races or if you can get gr- different groups of people to attend that event. Um, 803-0551-888-552-550. Never been, I've never been in Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Here it's phenomenal. Uh, the neon garage that they have in the infield that you know allows you to kind of get up close to the garage area without needing a pet, a pit a special you know garage pass. Uh, that's great. So they, they are one of the better tracks when it comes to fan amenities. And uh, we'll see if this uh, second weekend uh, will be a big hit for those folks out there in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, other, uh, the other big story of the week in NASCAR, not really, uh, it's more, I guess, speculation, but the fact that there's been talk about uh, NASCAR uh, quieting the engines of the cup cars, and um, we'll have to table this for just a minute because we got Bob Hawkers coming up here in just a moment. But uh, uh, there was also a report this week from Sports Business Journal that NASCAR ha- is possibly, and this isn't high on the list of priorities, I, I just want to preface this by saying, but that they are looking into potentially quieting the engines of the cup cars, uh, not dramatically, but just lower it somewhat as uh, it might uh, be more um, positive for race fans at the track, allow them to converse with the people sitting around them. Um, we can get more into that a little bit later on the show because we've got to go to the AT&T hotline and bring in from ESPN.com. One of our favorites here on the program, Bob Pockers, joins us this morning. Bob, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Great to talk to you again. Great to talk to you, Dave. Uh, always a pleasure to have you. And uh, we're here we are, race three of the season. And uh, I don't, what's the what's the biggest takeaway so far? I know it's only two races so far this year, Bob. But what has been your biggest takeaway here with the stage formats, with the lower downforce, with everything we've seen so far? What is the the biggest thing you've noticed so far this season with the Monster Energy Cup Series? Well, I'd say the two biggest things I've seen is that first off, everybody is still learning the stages and exactly maybe what type of strategy you should use and what might be the best way to go about things, especially, you know, if you're kind of in either 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th at the end of the stage, you know, do you try to come in and pit or before the stage ends or exactly what you do? And then the other thing is another kind of learning process. I think that's the Toyotas. You know, they have a new body uh they went to the 2018 camry body mm-hmm. and that that change coupled with this uh, another reduction in downforce uh, they haven't shown the strength that they had uh, a year ago so I, I i'll be interested to see kind of how their learning curve develops do you think uh last year the toyotas did dominate so much do are the fords right now the manufacturer at the advantage or do you think that's kind of an even playing field at the moment well, you know, everybody likes to say, well, the Fords won the first two races, but uh, look, Daytona's Daytona, and sure. I want to say Kevin Harvick had a pretty good day <laughs> last week at Atlanta, and uh, and if he just didn't, uh, 
speed on Pete um, on Pit Road, he, he he'd be fine. He he would have won, um, you know. And and obviously he's in a Ford too, but I I just wouldn't say that you know. Hey, the the Fords are, are that much ahead of of everybody else because I still think the guys like you know Chase Elliott, uh, you know, it was was pretty fast. That mm-hmm. Larson was pretty fast in Atlanta. Um, Larson's been. Uh, fast this weekend, I want to say at Vegas. So, you know, I, I, I wouldn't count. Uh, I wouldn't say that Ford is head and shoulders above the rest, but um, you know, I, I would say that the biggest concern would be Toyotas again. That, that I want to say that that Chevrolet and Ford are, are are close, and I'm just not exactly sure where the Toyotas are just yet. One thing, um, going back to your what you're saying about the stages, the one thing I'm glad we haven't seen is kind of that. Uh, face palm moment, you know, it, it like the first caution clock race with the trucks, they wrecked at Daytona. The first time they tried group qualifying at Daytona, there was a big wreck. You know, some of these new initiatives by NASCAR, the crew chiefs kind of maybe almost overthink it and over strategize, and it, it it winds up making NASCAR look foolish. And I don't think, luckily, we haven't had that moment with the stages and the pitting and everything. You know, they're, uh, you're right, they're being kind of very cautious and still trying to figure out the best way to, to deal with their strategies with the stages. Yeah, you know, I think everybody's still, you know, the the big question is, do you try to overthink things, right? Yep. Look, if you have a fast car and if you can dictate your strategy for the full race, that's kind of the best way to go. And so, you know, I, I think we'll start seeing things when, you know, first off, when you have more winners. You know, right now, Brad Keselowski could take chances maybe to win a stage for a playoff point. Kurt Busch could do the same. But they're only going to do that if they don't feel like they have a car that necessarily could win. You know, they might do something with either tire strategy or or pitch strategy, before, you know, uh, to get some track position. So that's really going to dictate. What's really going to dictate is kind of where they are, you know, on the track at at, at a given time. So I think as more drivers win, you might see more different strategies, and then you're going to see uh, guys who, you know, if they're really um, on the borderline, on the bubble as far as points, they're really going to have to start points racing. And these stages uh, do provide a lot of points, you know, potentially. So I, I think it's just going to, again, you know, we'll, we'll, this is something that's going to evolve throughout the season. And I think it'll get more, I think teams will get more creative as they go on. Yeah, especially if they need to get desperate towards the end of that, that regular season. Bob Pockers from ESPN joining us. Bob, let's talk about today's race at Las Vegas. I know you're not there, so you're not getting the you know inside the garage perspective, but you follow the sport and you know enough to give us an indication here. What kind of race do you expect today? Do you see it like last week at Atlanta where a guy like a Kevin Harvick can dominate, or do you think uh, we'll, we'll see a little bit more of this lower downforce package come into play today? Uh, well, I, I think it'll be... At least somewhat like Atlanta. I mean, Las Vegas tends to be uh, have Las Vegas tends to be a race where the leader kind of gets out, and there's you know you could see three or four wide battling for fourth, fifth, sixth, but not necessarily for the lead. So, um, so, so I expect kind of a similar race. But I think what you saw in the Xfinity race yesterday is that restarts uh, aren't as um, it isn't as kind of a definitive win for the leader yeah. as maybe it was at Atlanta. And, uh, you know, guys are really going to have to decide whether they want uh, the top lane or the bottom lane. And, uh, and and so, obviously, with the stages, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have a couple of guaranteed uh, restarts there over the first half of the race. 
and I think that could make things quite interesting. Yeah, last weekend, if you were on the outside line, forget about it. You were going backwards in a big hurry. That inside line was uh, much better than uh, what we'll see today. Uh, and of course, uh, the other big story with Las Vegas, Bob, is the announcement that they are getting a second cup date for next year. Um, do you think today's attendance might be an indication of just how um, maybe kind of predicting the future on just how well this is going to go? Uh, I didn't. I never. You don't hear a lot about Las Vegas sellouts or anything, so it's not like there was this over demand for tickets in the market for NASCAR. But do you think this was a smart business decision by Speedway Motorsports to to add a second Cup date and, and have two triple header weekends next year? Yeah. Well, I don't think today's attendance will be an indication. Um, you know, I think uh, look, Vegas has cut out seats just like New Hampshire, but they still have about fifteen thousand more seats. They seat about one hundred five thousand. But what Las Vegas has is they have about a hundred corporate suites, mm-hmm. and and they're I think they're probably a lot nicer than New Hampshire's thirty nine, <laughs> thirty six. So, I you know I think that this is a this is a move that they really can, you know that they can really push uh, corporate ticket wise, sure, corporate suite wise, and make a lot more money. Um, the, part of the deal is that five hundred thousand dollars of the two point five million that the track gets from. The Las Vegas Tourism Authority has to go to advertising the race, mm-hmm. marketing the race. So, uh, you know, this is this will be, be interesting to see. Most tracks in markets that go from one race to two race, you know, they tend to lose attendance in the sense of per race basis because mm-hmm. have two events a year, not one. Uh, Vegas could be uh, the one track that can that can have two races consistently because look. They they say that ninety four thousand people come to this race who are out of town, you know. And the yeah. We see one hundred five thousand, so uh, you know this this is not something where you're where you're saying, well, you know, you're gonna have to rely on the local market two times a year, right? So you know, uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, it's a shame in the sense that look, New Hampshire, granted their attendance has waned a little bit, but you know, the, there's a lot of deep racing roots and heritage in New Hampshire and to see what they'll have to try to do now to have uh, have a second event there that, that doesn't include cup cars. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see, and it's kind of a shame for those fans. Wrapping up here with uh, Bob Pockris from uh, ESPN. Uh, Bob, uh, for today's race, uh, just one last thought on today's race. Uh, just who do you think is going to be that driver to uh, get the win today? Who is your pick for today's race? Well, I mean, I think every time you go to an intermediate track in the last three years, you say Harvick. <laughs> you know, whether he's driving a Ford or Chevrolet, uh, he could probably be driving a Honda or a Nissan <laughs> or whatever. They've always been pretty, uh, been pretty good. Uh, you know, I think uh, Keselowski uh, could be strong, and uh, and I think Logano, obviously the winner of it last night's Xfinity race, could be strong. And another guy we've already talked about, Kyle Larson. Um, you know, he. He was on the brink last week uh, to win that race after Harvick miscue. And, uh, you know, and these are the kind of tracks that he likes. Very good. Bob, uh, what can race fans look forward to this week at ESPN.com from you and your colleagues on the motorsports staff? Anything special that we should keep an eye out for? Well, I, I just think, you know, we'll see what happens at Las Vegas. And then uh, and then going into Phoenix, I'm sure there'll be a lot of talk at Phoenix uh, about the reconfiguration of that track coming for November of 2018. 
Very good, Bob. As always, uh, I I love the the four turns uh, with you and Ryan McGee, Ricky Craven, some of the other folks at ESPN. I always enjoy reading that every week and the rest of the work you do. Uh, I know it's kind of an off weekend for you, so I appreciate you taking the time and talking to us, and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. All right, sounds good, Dave. All right, Bob Pockers from ESPN. You can follow him at Bob Pockers. He is always a wealth of information, and if you ever have a question, even the most – littlest silliest little question if anybody on twitter in the nascar community is going to answer your question no matter what it's bob that's how nice of a guy he is and we appreciate his time here this morning because he isn't at the track you know off weekend so we really appreciate him spending a few minutes of us here this morning we come back we'll uh we'll knock off the fenders and we'll talk some open wheel racing the indycar series gets going today at st petersburg we'll talk to tony dezino from nbc sports when we get back here on fast track on wgr hi this is martin truex jr driver of the number 78 furniture road toyota you're listening to wgr sports radio 550 when did new jersey boy martin truex get such a southern accent holy cow he doesn't usually sound like that either. Uh, he must—he covers it up on TV, but he had a really good old boy ac- accent there when he did that for us. Uh, of course, Truex starts second today in the Cobalt Tools 400. You can hear it right here on WGR. Previous coverage from PRN coming up at 2.30. Green flag just after 3.30, more like 3.45. Just so, you know, if you're so you need to be at the radio at the right time. Just wanted to give you the heads up. Uh, real quick, because I didn't get to go into this more because we had Bob on the phone uh, during our opening segment, and before we get to Tony DeZeno here to talk some IndyCar, uh, the, again, the, the report from Sports Business Journal, um, Adam Stern, who we've had on this show in the past, or Sport Business Daily, I apologize, um, same thing, actually, uh, is it was a proposal for NASCAR to quiet the cars in the Cup Series. Um, again, this is just one of many things NASCAR is looking into. It's not high on their list of priorities, um, but it is something that they've talked about it, to to muffle the engines somewhat. Again, it it wouldn't they wouldn't change the cars. You know, they still be V eight engines. They still run you know on on ethanol and all that. They wouldn't this wouldn't become electric cars or anything like that. So it, it would be slightly muted, but I don't think it would be a dramatic reduction in noise because I know that's part of the allure of motorsports is the noise is the loudness. So. I, I, my instant take on this is like, no, this is a dumb idea. Um, I think, you know, you think about it a little bit more. And I, I guess it, it makes sense, you know, for to for younger fans, not exposing them to loud engine noises, um, the, the sociable aspect of the social aspect of going to a sporting event, being able to, to go and talk to people, I guess. I, I'm just it's like. I'm on the fence on this one, I think, um, but I lean more towards, no, just leave it the way it is. Um, I know IndyCar um, several years ago went and muffled their engines, and it, it was an improvement, and it's been a positive thing. But uh, right now I'm still leaning towards let's not let's not go crazy here and uh, put, put mufflers on the cup cars. But, again, it, it doesn't seem like this is guaranteed to happen or anything. It's just something they're looking into. But uh, that was also a big topic of discussion uh, in the motorsports world this week. 11.35 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track. And we're going to go to the AT&T hotline and bring in from NBC Sports, Tony DeZeno joins us. Tony, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Good morning, Dave. How are you? It's a sunny-ish day here in St. Pete, but really happy to get the IndyCar season off and running for uh, 2017. Yeah, and uh, it's it's funny, Tony. Uh, it's Dezino, right? Am I pronounced that correctly, first of all? Got it. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right. I'm right. 
you know, it's funny, you know, going into the Daytona 500 a couple weeks ago with NASCAR, there was, you know, that big Wall Street Journal story kind of painting a negative picture about the sport and, and you know, the problems within the France family. And it, it's almost the exact opposite in IndyCar. You, you actually had a real positive story in the New York Times recently. And, uh, you know, the, the schedule is, look, you know, there's no controversy with, the, like, the Boston race last year and, you know, sponsorships pretty well in the sport. And it seems like there's a real positive vibe going into this year for the Verizon IndyCar Series. Yeah, there really is, Dave. The stability is kind of the big buzzword in the paddock where the cars are the same. You have the changes are about the driver and team moves for the off season. It's not, you know, what is what is the series doing differently? What races are we losing? You know, what what's the status of this deal that's, you know, an international race that might have fallen through? Um, there's a genuine excitement going into to the buzz of this, this opener that I really haven't felt in a few years. Uh it's great to see because there's a lot of talent up and down the twenty one car grid. There's a lot of surprise potential. Uh, there's one minor issue this weekend that's kind of sort of reared its ugly head around the paddock. It's called brake issues. But other than that, uh, it's been a it's been a positive start, and I think everyone's kind of ready to stop the talking and get the cars going so we actually have something fresh to ride and cover. Yeah. Uh, speaking of brake issues, uh, Ryan hunter Ray's already crashed this morning in the morning warrant because of a, a brake failure, rear brake failure, uh, and I, I caught a video of that uh, during the break on Twitter, actually, thanks to Ryan Hunter. And, uh, yeah, he took a pretty hard hit in the tire barrier, so he's going to be scrambling from behind today. But, Tony, what is what do you think is the number one on-track story? Uh, what is the biggest change? Uh, is it the drivers? Is it the is it Ganassi switch to Honda this year? What is the biggest uh, change for you that going into this season? It's a one in one a. Uh, how first off, uh, the move from Chip Ganassi Racing Chevrolet to Honda shifts the balance of power to where the two top teams now have separate aero and engine situations compared to when they both had Chevrolet. Uh, Honda's made some big power gains this year, so they're pretty optimistic. They did 9 out of 12 in qualifying yesterday at the top. For reference, they only got five cars in the Firestone Fast 6 all of two years ago, like total for the season. Wow. And then they got four in yesterday, so they've made massive strides on the engine side. And then from the driver's standpoint, the move from Joseph Newgarden to go from Ed Carpenter Racing over to Team Penske, he's in a good mindset. He's ready to quit talking about the, the changes. He loves the changes. You know, He's moved to Charlotte. He's really in a in. He's working with Tim Sindrick as his race strategist. Uh, he should he should have a blast. Uh, it'll be very interesting to watch how quickly uh, he progresses within his new environment. Yeah, he had kind of a breakout year last year. Actually, we had a, I had a chance to talk to Joseph. They actually brought him to Buffalo uh, in in promotion for the Indianapolis 500. They brought him. He ate chicken wings, of course. Um, but uh, right after he qualified second for the 500, they brought him here to Buffalo. Uh, very nice young man, and, and he seems to be a breakout star, and also maybe most importantly, an American star for this sport too, Tony. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good thing, Dave. There's a lot of American talent. You know, there's eight or nine, maybe ten, I think, full-season drivers that winds up being. You've got him, Hunter Ray. Uh, Graham Rahal's been really solid for the last couple of years. Marco Andretti's got Brian Hurd as the strategist. And then you've got the new wave, you know, Alexander Rossi, the Indy 500 champ, Connor Daly, Spencer Piggott. Uh, Charlie Kimball's been around for a while. Uh, you know, you have other guys, R.C. Anderson, you wish was in a car. But but if the the worst thing you can say is, the guy that you know did three end of season races isn't in a car, and you've got 21 really talented drivers all the way through. It's it speaks really good about the overall health of the series. 
You mentioned Alexander Rossi, Tony, who, of course, won the Indianapolis 500. Kind of a, surpri- a surprise winner, obviously. A little bit of fuel strategy there at the end of the race to win it for Andretti Autosport. Uh, you know, he was kind of focused on trying to get a Formula One career started, and, and this IndyCar stuff was almost like a fallback, fallback plan for him. But uh, f- I don't know how much you've talked to him going into this season, but uh, where do you think he, he factors into this year, knowing you know that he's kind of a, a star in this sport now and he's going to be attacking a, a full season uh, for Andretti and possibly being a factor for the championship? Quite a bit. Um, I don't I don't foresee him in championship contention, but I think he can be a more consistent contender. If he came into this race last year, he didn't really know what street course racing was like. He had never driven on an oval, mm-hmm. and it was very much a – it didn't have the vibe that he wanted to be here. But the, the impression was he really, really integrated into the paddock, into the American atmosphere, into the environment. He just loves being here now. He's so much happier. You can just tell – there's a lot of optimism around him and the team. They've made some engineering changes. He is Joseph Newgarden's old engineer, Jeremy Millis, this year, and he's got a new race strategist in Rob Edwards, who he's hailed both of them as, hey, if I'm going to lose the current guys that I have, these are two great guys to have as replacements. So um, I would expect him to win at least once, possibly twice, and be maybe in the sixth to seventh place points uh, situation. I think that would be a really good year for him. Anything top five would be, would be brilliant. Tony Dezino joining us from NBC Sports here to talk about the IndyCar series, which uh, opens their season today at St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, lots of big names we haven't even talked about, Tony, but uh, two of the big ones, Will Power and Scott Dixon, uh, kind of now the KG veterans of the sport, I guess. Uh, is it another uh, year for them to maybe go head-to-head for another championship run? Uh, it's become a great rivalry in the sport. It has, but the the weird thing is, is they really haven't had a direct head-to-head championship battle. The year Dixon's won the championships in recent years. Power's been a little bit off. Uh, he, you know, Dixon beat Montoya a couple of years ago. Power had a really tough 2013 season. Uh, the year after he lost that championship to Hunter Ray, so they really haven't had a direct head-to-head bout. If the Honda performance gains are there at more tracks, then I think Dixon can be in there, and that's why they got him. I mean, that that is a guy that has dragged more bad situation cars it's a good result and i don't think people appreciate how good he is will's in a really good mindset coming into the year though he's a new father uh he's got he's got the strategist change as well i actually have will as my preseason championship pick just because i'm not sure how well simon pagina will respond to, to being that at number one the series champion of the previous year always seems to have a bit of a fall off the next year mm-hmm. so seeing what simon does as the champ Will in a better health situation than he was this time last year. Of course, he missed this race, yeah. uh, an inner ear infection. So Oriel Serviet scrambled to get in the car last minute. And uh, the Dixon thing is is another very intriguing variable. So, but that's the thing is you've got you know five or six decent championship contenders out of the gate, and another seven or eight drivers that can win races after that. And uh, how about James Hinchcliffe? Of course, uh, not far from us being from Toronto, uh, is big fan support in this area. Uh, another full year back healthy after the, the scary incident at Indianapolis a couple of years ago. Where does he stack up going into the season? Hinch is another one in a good spot where they actually, they're in a really good position where they didn't have any changes in the offseason. No continu- you know, continuity is everything for them. Same engineer, same strategist, same crew. Uh, he's really happy to be back and just, you know, not having the talk about the comeback from his accident at Indy a couple of years ago now. It's just it's just full focus for him. And same deal, they should have won at least once, possibly twice last year. I'd be surprised if he doesn't win at least once this year and again. He's in that 
six to seven place points range where I don't think the Honda is good enough to fully get into the top five with more than two cars. But I think if he gets out to an early start, he's got a great qualifying effort. He's P3 here. Um, I think he can I think he can have a really solid year. Uh, last thing before we go, Tony, I, I guess i got to ask kind of a, a dumb question, but you, you've used the term race strategist a lot, talking about the different teams. Uh, can you maybe kind of explain that? Uh, you know, we don't talk about IndyCar a lot on this show compared to, to, to NASCAR and, and short track racing, but what is a race strategist role in an IndyCar operation? Right. In layman's terms, it's just, uh, it's just a case where the guy um, – it's where the guy basically calls the race, when to pit, what are the right stra- – what is the right – position to be in when you get the lead and and that's what's good in his case so um if you have a better race strategist you can move up on the field it's kind of like a crew chief in nascar except that because they're the main person on the box calling the shots very good tony dezino nbc sports you can find more uh motorsports.nbcsports.com tony thanks for uh coming in in at the last minute to to join us here this morning appreciate it. you know it's a busy race weekend for you thanks for the time and hopefully we can talk again soon you bet. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate uh, it. All right. Tony DeZeno from uh, NBC Sports. Uh, he has a real great uh, kind of season preview article. Kind of talks about some of the points that we did, too, and a little bit more going into detail uh, about the IndyCar uh, season. Uh, Will Power on the pole for today's race, and Scott Dixon right alongside him in row one, the uh, Penske Ganassi drivers. James Hinchcliffe starts third today. Uh, Joseph Newgarn starts fourth in his first start for Penske as he takes over for uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, who is only going to run Indianapolis this year for Penske Racing. Takuma Sato starts fifth. He drives for Andretti Autosport this season. Then Tony Kanan, uh, Max Chilton, and my app just locked up, Alexander Rossi, Charlie Kimbo, and Kimball and Graham Rahal uh, round out the top ten starters for today's race at St. Petersburg for the IndyCar Series. We get back. We'll uh, wrap up this week's edition of Fast Track. Phone line still open here. We've got open phones for the final segment, 803-0551, NASCAR, IndyCar, anything. It's all on the table here, and we'll wrap up Fast Track when we get back here on WGR. Hey, race fans, it's Dave Buchanan for my friends at Batavia Downs. March is Leprechaun Loot Month at Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel. Nightly drawings for $250 cash with guaranteed payouts of $5,000 or more on Saturdays. Car drawings from Castellone, Chrysler, Dodge Jeep, and Batavia on Saturday, March 25th. That's just a couple weeks away. Plus, win a cruise and see the Zach Brown Tribute Band on March 31st. For more information, check out Batavia Downs' uh, website or Facebook for more details. Discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier Dest- entertainment destination with over 800 of the hottest and in-demand video gaming machines. Lots of great new titles with new ones added regularly. And make it a night to remember, too, by visiting one of their great restaurants, including 34 Rush, Thurman Thomas's Sports Bar right inside Batavia Downs, uh, racing, college hoops, uh, hockey. It's, they have it all on all the big TVs there at 34 Rush. It's a great place to hang out, watch some sports. And, of course, they've got the new hotel there, too, at Batavia Downs, so you can stay the night as well and make it a great weekend. So uh, check out... All of that at Batavia Downs and find out why they are the area's premier entertainment destination. They're open daily, 8 a.m. until 4 a.m., right off through exit 40 in Batavia. For more information, follow them on Facebook and Twitter and discover why Batavia Downs is the area's premier entertainment destination and tell them you heard about them right here on Fast Track. Hey, this is Brennan Poole, driver of the number 48 DC Solar Camaro. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 1151 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. One other thing I'm looking forward to for the IndyCar opener is I now have the cellular provider of the uh, title sponsor of the IndyCar series. And so there's all these neat little bonuses you get by being a 
uh, member uh, with the IndyCar app. So I'm looking forward to some of the bonus features while watching the race this afternoon, which uh, coming up again, 1230 on ABC. And then, of course, the NASCAR race will be here on WGR. Again, coverage at 230. Courtesy of the Performance Racing Network, Doug Rice and the crew will have the call green flag just after 3.30, so you could watch IndyCar and then go right into NASCAR. Good motorsports uh, doubleheader. Uh, NHRA is off this weekend, but they're back in action next weekend at Gainesville, Florida for the Gator Nationals. Big NHRA news this week, though, concerning uh, one of the all-time greats, or maybe the all-time great, uh, John Force. Uh, he and Robert Height have just swapped crews during this uh, couple of weeks off for the uh, NHRA Meliolo Drag Racing Series. They've been off uh, a couple weeks now after going out west to start the season, so Force and Robert Height, just the whole crew, crew chief, everybody is is swapping uh, before they head to Gainesville. So um, uh, Force is currently fifth in points after the first two races. Height is a ninth in the standings. Uh, is uh, Force's previous crew chief Jimmy Prock? He is going over to the Height team, while uh, Force will now have uh, Mike Neff as his crew chief uh, going forward. So uh, some big news there. Uh, concerning the funny car ranks at NHRA. Also, in top fuel, how about Leah Pritchett? She is two for two to start the year in top fuel. Uh, this She's a lady, uh, last year she started the year, won her first race in Arizona, and then a couple of months later, the Bob Vandergriff racing folded. She went with the rest of the season scrambling to find a ride. She did a, she made a, had a lot of FaceTime on some of the Fox broadcasts throughout most of the year because she was out of the driver's seat. Uh, pretty, she landed in a ride by the end of last year, but this year is teamed up with uh, Don Schumacher Racing. She's got really good sponsorship from Papa John's, and uh, she's off to a heck of a start, two for two, and also uh, setting a uh, speed record uh, at Arizona, uh, Chandler, Arizona, a couple of weeks ago as well, too. So uh, great start for Leah Pritchett. And again, uh, her and the rest of the uh, NHRA series will be back in action uh, next weekend in Gainesville, Florida, for the Gator Nationals. NASCAR heads to Phoenix next weekend. You heard um, uh, Bob Pockers mention our opening segment, big news concerning Phoenix. I think I talked about this already, too, a couple of weeks ago. They're kind of realigning the track for next year, uh, where the start-finish line is going to be moved kind of where Turn 2 is now at Phoenix, and that is going to be the, the start-finish line. They're going to move the grandstands. They're going to tear down the old grandstands where the front stretch currently is and expand on the big newer seating that kind of goes around where turns one and two are right now they're going to expand that and again move the start finish line which makes things a lot more interesting because you'll, you'll have the start finish line and then go straight into that dog leg so uh, that'll be uh, interesting the racing shouldn't be that much different but just I guess you know when you get to the end of the race and, and everything uh, coming to the the checkered flag almost on a turn versus a, a straightaway will make things that much more interesting. And that is set to debut uh, for the November race at Phoenix next year. The, the The March race next year will still be the the current layout, but between March of 2018 and November of 2018, they will uh, move the start-finish line. And I think actually right after next weekend's race, they start uh, doing some of the improvements there at Phoenix and adding more grandstands and everything. Um, as uh, the, there's been some work there in recent years, but uh, still some of the facility needs to be upgraded. Uh, the media center, the uh, the officials tower above the old grandstand of the main streetway, those have kind of been those are due for some upgrades there at Phoenix. So uh, that's part of this big uh, project that they're going to do at PIR. And again, it should be ready to go for the cha- uh, playoff race in 2018. And uh, might be a good time for me to. Uh, that might be a good opportunity to go back to Phoenix for me. I haven't been there in a few years. I love going to that racetrack, and uh, maybe that that will be it. Maybe that will be 
when I take my daughter to her first NASCAR race. Because uh, actually, I'm thinking about that this morning. Uh, IndyCar is tweeting pictures of um, uh, Mickey Mouse has a show called the Mickey and the Roaster Racers, and my daughter loves Mickey Mouse. So it's Mickey and racing. So it's you know it's a win win for me. And and now there's a big Mickey uh, mascot with checkered flag there at the IndyCar race today, and they have an IndyCar with Mickey graphics. So I want to. I wish I could take her to that now just so she could see that. I think she would get a kick out of that. Um, so that's why I'm thinking about you know getting Rebecca to her first race sometime soon. She's been to local races. I've had her already to Lancaster and Ransomville, but now I got to get her to the to a big show. Uh, that'll do it for me. Thanks for listening this morning again. Uh, uh, coming up 2.30 again for PRN's pre-race coverage here in WGR Green Flag just after 3.30. And then right after the uh, race today, we'll have uh, NCAA Selection Sunday coverage here on WGR courtesy ASPN Radio. So stay tuned. Lots coming up on the station here today. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week here on WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.